Bueller. Are you better off than you were four years ago? I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Shall we play Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Come back with me to the 1980s and the roller coaster ride that was my high school experience. I lived a John Hughes life, and some of the celebrity vocal talent I've assembled to take you on this journey helped to give us all that 80s good time vibe. The names have been changed to protect the not so innocent. If your emotions are in balance, angry with yourself or with others, you don't withdraw, stifle your emotions. You don't go off in a daydream. No, you channel your emotional energy into a direct attack on your problem. I got invited to my first college frat party in my junior year. And before I go into that, it emboldened me enough to ask out a student teacher we had for health class. She was this gorgeous, athletic blonde with husky blue eyes, and all I could think of during class was what she looked like under her red, white, and blue jogging suit. What the hell was I thinking when I stayed after class one time and asked her out to dinner and a movie? Well, I'll tell you what. I was cool because Calvin invited me to his frat party. Cal was the head frat brother, and he invited Yoshi and I to come. So it was kind of sort of college, right? I even asked her if she knew Cal. And she did. I really thought I had a shot. In reality, Cal invited us because we worked with him. And for all I knew, maybe he thought it would just be amusing to have us there. I told her we could go to dinner and then a movie because, and wait for it, I worked at the theater and we could go for free. If that didn't scream high school boy, I don't know what did. That means a date. Not like just going around with the crowd. Just me and the girl. Well, that's all right. I cringed even now as I tell it. She politely said no, and I was crushed. Had she said yes, these days, she would be an internet headline. What else makes a good party? It's the skill of the hosts and the skill of the guests in making the party fun for everyone. Yosh drove us to the Yellow House on Normal Street the hottest frat house on the university's campus. We walked up the sidewalk of this giant yellow former Victorian residence. By the time we got to the steps, we both knew we might be in over our heads. A bunch of college bros and their girls were hanging on the front porch. One was clearly the gatekeeper. He looked at us with disbelief. I was in my safari bush jacket and Yosh was dressed like he was going out to dinner. I looked right at the college bro and said, Calvin invited us. Just tell him Master Chris and Bonsai are here. The guy looked at me with a perfect, you gotta be fucking kidding stare. You know Cal? I waved him on. Go ahead. Tell Cal. (laughs) Wait here. The guy went inside and we waited. The other college kids on the porch stared at us. There were more than a few snickers and snide remarks. We were the big dorks on campus. The front door opened and the gatekeeper college bro waved us inside. Still can't fucking believe it, but go ahead in. We entered this forbidden city. Cal greeted us with an arm around each of us, guiding us right for the kegs. So what's up lately, bro? Master Chris has been down. First, getting everyone acquainted and into the spirit of the party. How's it done? Come in here, Steve. We'll wait here for the girls to put their coats away. Okay, Jean. 
We played our first games of beer pong and I sucked on a beer funnel and almost puked my guts out in front of a room full of chanting college kids. Margie and Dottie were just thrilled to think you college men would call for them. Oh, a couple of campus bigwigs we are. You bet your life. Everyone's out to have fun and to help others fun. And when all the guests have arrived and have been introduced, the games begin. Well-planned, well-chosen games. I sat in my underwear and safari jacket in a round of strip poker, bluffing that I didn't have a boner being surrounded by full naked and half-naked college chicks. It was my mom's Cosmo magazines come to life. Having fun together makes a party. This means both hosts and guests. It was the first time I got truly shit-faced. I can't tell you just how much I drank but it was enough to find myself standing over a toilet so drunk I couldn't piss. I called Yosh for help. Yosh! Yosh! <laughs> I heard his voice over the music from the other side of the door. What's wrong? I, I can't piss. I can't feel my face. <laughs> I am not helping you. Yosh kept control of himself and was able to drive us home. I had a confession for him. The alcohol made me babble like a brook. Beer was truth serum for me. Told him that I had heard something terrible about Sherry. The members only misfits, or as Jess liked to call them, burners, had a notebook full of bets on when she was going to die. These two assholes set up a deadpool on a fellow student with cancer and took money on her odds. I really fucked up, Yosh. I... I told Butch about those kids betting on Sherry. I wasn't the only one to have told Butch, but when I gave him the news, you could not just see the anger rise in his face. It felt like Oppenheimer watching the first atomic bomb test. I have become death, the destroyer of worlds. To invoke another World War II simile, a sleeping giant had been awakened. I got in around four in the morning, and my mom heard me puking my guts out in the bathroom. She came to the doorway and watched. Drinking so much fun, isn't it? Those are some of the many infantile reactions we see around us every day. They indicate that a part of one's personality isn't growing up with the rest. I started this little joke with Mr. Parna, and I don't remember how it began. But as you know, people like to take stuff out of his classroom. And so one time, we took some stuff and hid it in another classroom, and I wrote on the chalkboard, the Phantom was here. Oh my God. And when he walked in the room, he looked at that chalkboard and you could tell that he was almost slightly amused that these kids who steal stuff, somebody was stepping up their game. And I think he kind of liked it. Mr. B would let me call Parna from the art room. I would pretend to be the Phantom. This was no random prank. I counted on years of Parna stories for this to go down right. Mr. Parna. This is the Phantom. I'll get you, Phantom. I swear. And then one Friday afternoon, Hines walked out into the faculty parking lot to find the security guard wasn't there. He asked why he wasn't up in the student lot. It was Friday, and that's where the guard should have been. The guard said that Parna got a tip from someone calling himself the Phantom, and that the Phantom was going to steal his car. At the same time, up in the student parking lot, Butch found the members only burners. With a few extra bodies to make sure they didn't run, Butch said, Come with me, gentlemen. He wrapped two arms around each of their necks and he guided them 
away from the parking lot. Those two guys who collected the bets on Sherry were led to an abandoned softball field like pigs to slaughter. Butch never raised a hand against anyone except that day. And I almost felt badly for them. Almost. And these seem to be the emotions with which we start life. Then as we grow up, many everyday things and social situations become associated with these primary stimuli partly by a process called conditioning. And so many things and people cause us to respond emotionally. A few days later, I attended my first float meeting at Tom Perry's house. This was not the first one. It was just the first one that I had attended. Chris, junior float status. Yosh had been running them. Jan was there too, and they were covering for me as a dozen kids or so worked on building our float on the back of a tractor trailer flatbed. Uh, Chris, what do you think? What did I really think? I couldn't have cared less. I was so lost in my mourning for Tony, nothing else mattered. I just didn't care, and I felt nothing. We were going to have a prom in the gym, just as Ricka and Halladin wanted. What the hell was the use in trying? Our class didn't care, our advisors didn't care, and Tony was gone. Assholes could take bets on a dying girl and get away with it. Well almost get away with it. What was the point in anything? I just wanted to party at Calvin's frat house and work at the theater and get a girlfriend. I knew what Stacy was up to and I knew she had no concern for me. Walked out of the garage, went outside, and sat down on the curb. But emotions out of control. Well, let's take a look at a slice of everyday life to understand how some stimuli can bring about various emotional responses. What might happen to you or to me? A few minutes went by and I heard Yosh walking up behind me. He stood over me and his voice was different. You know what's going on in there? Stacy's got them talking about impeaching you. I know. Not happening. Stacy's not next in line. I am. I don't want your fucking job. And if you don't tell me so, I don't run again. Yosh said fuck. Yosh never swore. Not from what I could remember. And he was the one who left that note on my car, and he was right. I looked up at him, and he had this worried, upset face. Don't do this to me. I never saw him like that. And again, he was 100% right. I stood, looked at him, and then back to the garage where my own classmates were plotting to make me the next shaken Jimmy. When I walked into that garage, all the kids inside got quiet. Proof they were talking shit about me. No one looked at me. They all pretended to be busy because you know how much teenagers like to sweep up things. I waited for a moment to see if anyone would acknowledge me. When they didn't, I called for their attention and said, I know what's going on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for a lot of things. Just give me three weeks, okay? If I don't turn things around, I'll save student council the trouble of impeachment and I'll resign. Stacy looked awkward. Everyone else just looked guilty. I looked right to Stacy. You can tell Halladin that. Yosha's F-bomb was a verbal bitch slap as if following and shaking Jimmy's footsteps wasn't enough of a wake-up call. We finished the float. We got it to Courthouse Square for the homecoming parade. We had a banner affixed to the side of the float that read, In Memory of Tony. And in some small way, that helped. The game went on. We had a kick-ass float, and 
I rediscovered the passion that drove me to run for president. What would Tony have said had she got to see all of this wallowing? She would have kicked my ass. Yosh kicked it enough. It was time to get to work and dig our class out of our financial hole. And the one person who came to mind who could help me with that situation was Jess. Jeffrey's family didn't realize that he had been exposed to one irritating situation after another. An accumulation of stimuli which brought about an abnormally strong response. And what did this do to Jeff? This sort of uncontrolled emotional outburst. Well, he regrets some of the things he said, but he can't unsay them. 